Welcome to the Irish Legislation Podcast with me, Barry Ward, a podcast looking at legislation as it passes through Iraq to Sarah in our National Parliament. Welcome to the Irish Legislation Podcast. And as we said in the last episode, we're going to vary the format a small bit to talk about things other than strictly pieces of legislation. And this week, we're hoping to talk about the Gender Equality Committee, which has been set up in the Oireachtas. And I'm joined by the vice chair of that committee, Senator Pauline O'Reilly. Pauline, thanks for joining us today. Not at all. I thought we'd just talk about what exactly the Gender Equality Committee is. How did it come about? We have committees in the Oireachtas which are based around the departments. And then from time to time, we decide as an Oireachtas to set up other committees to deal with specific things. And this one is to take on board the 45 recommendations of the Citizens' Assembly on Gender and to ensure that they're implemented. And it's, it's a committee of limited duration. And it follows straight on from a previous select committee that I was on, which was on the on key issues affecting the traveller community. So the very fact that they're limited means that we can have a fair few of them because you can use staff and you can go from one to another really important issue and ensure that at the end of that you have something concrete. Okay, so normally as you said, we have what are often called joint directors committees that follow kind of portfolios within government. So you'd have one on justice and transport and climate and that kind of thing. And they generally reflect government departments. This one is only to do with gender equality and... Uh, I think it's it includes both TDs and senators. Is that right? Yeah, so it includes both. It's pretty much the same size as a as a joint Oireachtas would be. So it is fundamentally it's joint in the sense that it's got five senators and uh, nine TDs, and uh, and that it's cross party. So it's chaired by Ivana Bacic, and then the vice chair is myself, and I'm with the Green Party. And I suppose so. A lot of the recommendations actually do relate to Minister Roderick O'Gorman's department. And that there'll be there'll be others for justice, for social protection, for housing, because it would have local government under it. So it, there's there's quite a lot of elements to it. But the, the piece that's quite defined is it's about it's not about gender equality in general, it's about implementing the recommendations. And as I say, there are 45 recommendations from the Citizens Assembly, and it's about ensuring that they're implemented. So okay, it's comes from the Citizens' Assembly. When did the Citizens' Assembly exist or when did it sit, you know? Yeah, well, actually, interestingly enough, before I was elected and before I was even elected as a councillor, I was a witness to a joint Oireachtas committee on justice and equality on this very issue. And it was one of the recommendations coming from both my testimony, but um, testimony of, of a couple of others, that we would have a Citizens' Assembly or something like that, a, a consultative process where people are actually, you know, are, they're brought together so that they can discuss the issues and actually have a, a deep understanding of them at a citizens' assembly before making their recommendations. So at the time, that I think was 2018 that, that that report came out of that committee. And that was really on the basis that the previous government was looking to hold a referendum to remove a piece of the, the constitution, which is commonly known as the... Uh, place of the woman in the home and they were looking to remove it and my testimony would have said rather than removing it it should be amended to ensure that it's gender neutral but that it reflects that 
the that the importance of the caring nature of the work that people do in the home. And so, that was actually what the Citizens Assembly found in the yeah. end. So that it should be amended rather than removed. Yeah. So, or what you could say is remove it and replace it. Right. So, the what does the provision that's there at the moment say? Well, I can't say off the top of my no, head, okay, yeah. but it's 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 essentially it is that well, it's supposed to be a protection for those working in the home, but it it calls it a duty, mm-hmm. and it calls it a woman's duty. Yeah, to and to people, to, work, to yeah, people be, be aware that there's been a bit of controversy about that because, as you say, it's been interpreted by some to say that women belong in the home yeah. at one level or another, rather than. I suppose I think constitutional lawyers might also suggest that it was really there to say that if people want to stay at home, that they are entitled to do that as well. Uh, so what is the wording that you think would be better there? Well, I mean, that's a really interesting point. So the, the first three recommendations in this report from the Citizens Assembly are around constitutional changes, mm-hmm. and which is where this Citizens Assembly came from. But the other 42 are around a whole host of other things and their, you know, gender-based violence uh, around social protection that that uh, impacts women around um, having more equal representation in politics or in in the workplace by men and women. So it has all of that. But the interesting thing is when you know when I was looking at it a couple of years ago, and indeed like the Green Party was one of the I think was the only party that took the position that it should be amended. We, we were having difficulties struggling to come up with wording at the time. Yeah. And that re- the, the report was struggling. Uh, so there's no, there's no, actually no wording. Even the, even the Citizens Assembly said what they, what they wanted it to be, which is language that is not gender specific, obliges the state to take reasonable measures to support care within the home and wider community. So it has those kind of two elements but didn't actually suggest wording. So what we've we've been discussing on the committee is who comes up with that wording. And because this is a committee where we've said it's only nine months, we haven't started our public sessions yet because mm-hmm. once the public sessions start, the clock starts ticking yeah. and the nine months is running out. So we're doing, we've done quite a few and we had departments in this week and officials to see what work's being done. And it doesn't look like there's a huge amount of work being done on wording. So yeah. we'll be writing. So to just the to be clear, the committee has met in private Several session times, at the moment, yeah. right? Yeah. And when is the first public meeting planned for? So the first public meeting is next week. Right. And the first one will be Catherine Day, who presided over the Citizens mm-hmm. Assembly. But we've already met her in private session. Right. To get a better understanding yeah. of, you know, we don't want to replicate the Citizens Assembly. That's not our job. But to get an understanding of really what what are the expectations of the citizens yeah. and how we can how we can uh, bring that forward. And I think we've made really good pros- mm-hmm. uh, progress. We've already got a briefing from the government, and that was all done through the Department of Children, Youth Affairs, and mm-hmm. Equality. Roger Gormans. Yeah. And but it it collated the work being done across all departments in relation to these 45 recommendations. So when the committee meets next week, and today is the 16th of, the 18th of February, um, when the committee meets next week, people will have an opportunity to tune in and to watch that from the Oireachtas website. Is that right? Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, so they can watch it and it will be a Catherine Day there. Okay. So it will be, it will be quite a nice one yeah. because we'll watch videos of the citizens and their kind of experience that they went through. So she's kind of giving a report on what the Citizens Assembly yeah, process was. Exactly. And uh, can you tell us who the members of the committee are? Well, they are, well, selected from pe- people 
all over the country and they are chosen to be representative of society generally. So you have people of all ages from, as I say, all parts of the country and uh, there's a little under 100 usually. In the Citizens' Assembly. In the Citizens' Assembly. And the difference between a Citizens' Assembly and, say, a survey or a poll taken as to people's opinions is that they have experts come before them. And then on the basis of that, they discuss amongst themselves their views and they actually come to a kind of consensus. They're not, they're not guided in a particular direction. So I suppose if you're doing a survey, you're asked a specific question and what's your answer? Whereas here they're given evidence yeah. or given presentations. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, I mean, they're guided to a certain extent, but mm-hmm. not guided as to what outcome yeah. they might be looking for. Um, but they're, they're also critically asked questions like, would you be prepared to pay for some of the things that you're suggesting, which I think is an important one. There had been a previous one on climate action, for instance, and overwhelmingly people said, yes, they'd be prepared to pay for for action on climate. But that was on the basis of huge scientific evidence. And likewise, in this one, would you be prepared to pay for some of these measures? And overwhelmingly it was yes. But they do vote at the end on the the recommendations. What kind of measures are you talking about that might might cost money just to give people a flavour of what might be involved? So it would be some of the social protection measures and workplace uh, issues. So, for instance, that everyone is paid for the first year of a child's life Mm. to to stay at home if they want to. When you say everyone... Do you mean parents? Not everyone. Yeah, sorry, pa- parents or guardians. But, but they're not overly specific, these recommendations either. Mm-hmm. So that's the thing to, yeah. to remember because they're coming from people without a legal background. Yeah. So they're they're saying that every, every parent or guardian, but they're also saying that each parent could get this. Right. So that would mean... It's up to the choice as to who stays at home. In two-parent families, mm-hmm. it, it each person would have a year. Yeah. And then, okay. but they also put in a recommendation there that in a lone parent family, that they would get the combination of two parents yeah. allowance because that is an issue at the moment that mm-hmm. that lone parents have is that, yeah. you know, a, a child might benefit from a longer period with parents in general mm-hmm. because each parent can take time off, for instance. Yeah. So those are those are some of the kinds of things that actually. You know, most of the citizens felt like it was just so much larger than they anticipated. Mm-hmm. The, the the areas where women in particular are really feeling the brunt, I suppose, mm-hmm. of the of the caring responsibilities. But also what was surprising about this citizens assembly was that it really goes to talk about the importance of care. Not that it's just a burden, but yeah. that actually it's a value yeah. that should be uh, ch- cherished, really. Yeah. And that's in the way that we do. Unfortunately, we do politics. Yeah, that means money, I suppose. But it does mean money. Yeah. You know, it does mean money in some instances. But the, the other thing, of course, is that, you know, it's recommending more family-friendly kind of policies. So we talk about our, our own area, very in politics. Uh, that means, like, do we, do we work until one o'clock in the morning in the Oireachtas? Or is it reasonable to say that the impact on women is probably greater when they have greater family mm-hmm family responsibilities and and you know we can pretend that that's not the case but actually it does mean that women 
are less likely not to go necessarily to go into politics, but to stay in politics, yeah, yeah. or that they may want Is a break a for a certain of, period. Rather than, I mean, it, it kind of strikes me that for women in politics or for parents in politics, even. There is no amount of money that can solve that problem. That is a systemic problem. It's a function of our electoral system. It's a function of the expectation that people have of their politicians that they would be, for example, in the constituency and in Leicester House almost at the same time. So is there any measure that this committee can come up with that's really going to solve that? Well, our committee won't be coming up with the measures necessarily, but it'll be ensuring that that work is done mm -hmm. so that uh, that measures that people do come up with measures. I mean, I know within our own party in the Green Party, we are putting in place uh, measures for councillors, for instance. Mm -hmm. But there are things that you could look at, like temporary co-option, or uh, you know, so that somebody else could sit in your seat yeah, for a small yeah. for a this short is while. Actually, the first issue that I raised in the shadow when we first sat almost yeah. two years ago. But I know that my colleague Jennifer Carroll McNeil has brought forward a bill with others mm. on this as well. Will that require constitutional change, do you think? Uh, so some of some of those uh, parts of, of Jennifer's probably mm. would, I suspect. Yeah. Um, and that that's a challenge. But, you know, there are three elements that the, of the Constitution that this bill looks at. And I kind of did wonder, is there mm. are there other things that we need to wrap into it that maybe a citizen's assembly might realise mm. how do have constitutional uh, issues with it yeah. and you know previously when people looked at that woman in the home place what a stumbling block that they were coming up against is the very definition of family within the constitution mm -hmm. which sees it as a man and a woman which sees that it's marital now the man woman part has changed to an yeah. extent but not fully it sees it as marital as i say and then you know that has implications for for the caring part of the constitution mm -hmm. so the citizens assembly uh, said that, that that should be changed as well, that the very nature of yeah. family that we're talking yeah. about, because society's moved on and our constitution does have really strong, good values. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a document that, you know, I'm sure we both enjoy reading, yeah. but, um, you know, our values as a society have changed mm, and, and, and our laws need to reflect that. And often our laws are behind where society is. Mm -hmm. So looking then at the at the mechanics of the committees, you mm. said there's a nine-month, I suppose, ceiling on how long this committee will exist for, assuming it sits next week, the 23rd, I think, is it of February, it's around the Wednesday, Possibly, yeah. or the 22nd. It'll run until the end of November uh, yeah. or so. Yeah, I think um, it might be start of December, so right. maybe, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe maybe, it's, maybe it could be the following week that we're doing going into public session. Yeah. It'll be over the next couple of weeks. Anyway. Okay. Mm -hmm. And have you got a schedule already of who the witnesses will be or what the time frame for deliberations will be? Yes, we've looked at it and we've kind of grouped a lot of the recommendations into bundles. So, you know, things to do with gender-based violence, for instance, mm -hmm. and we'll do a substantial portion of work will be on that and we said you know when it comes to the constitutional issues they're quite it's quite serious but it may be that there aren't as many people that we need to invite in to to give us public testimony mm -hmm. so we've looked through it and people come up with a list of people or organizations that they think would be good on each of these topics they submit it to the to the group basically through the chair and then we decide um, and sometimes what, what this committee has decided to do is to take written submissions from everyone mm. and then to see on the basis of those written submissions which ones we actually need to tease out a bit more 
in right. a public session. So we haven't made yeah. that decision yet yeah. until we receive and all the written submissions. Presumably there will be a huge volume of written submissions. There will be, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. If, and and the other point about it, of course, is that um, there are some organisations that would go across a lot of areas. Mm-hmm. National Women's Council, for mm-hmm. instance, would be one because they have, you know, an interest in a lot of the areas. But then if you're talking about local government and mm-hmm. um, the changes that are needed for, uh, for councillors, then... It might be a, it might be just a completely different set yeah, of the people. AILG and exactly. the from exactly. behalf of councillors. But, but they're not going to be involved and in the gender-based violence. Kind indeed, of yeah. And will the government departments, so for example, in yeah. the case of local, they will weigh in as well, presumably. So we have Roger O'Gorman will be will be the first minister coming, but we do plan to have more. Right. But we've already had officials into us in private sessions yeah. so that we okay. could ask, you know, what work is going on? Is there an overall group kind of on? They're cross-departmental, looking at the at, at these forty-five, mm-hmm. and um, and and following and tracking. Yeah, yeah. And in terms of resources, then for the committee, who do you have? Do you have advisors who are there for you if you have questions? Do you have legal advisors, constitutional advisors. So we don't have legal advisors and constitutional advisors as by right on any of these mm-hmm. committees, but we do have that within the Oireachtas that yeah. we can draw on. And if we have any questions, and oftentimes in private session in particular, you will you will have lawyers come to advise um, you. Would that be from the the office of the parliamentary yes, legal advisor? Yeah, 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 here in Leinster House. Here in Leinster House, but obviously because we're looking at constitutional issues, we we are asking for witnesses to come before us mm-hmm. who are constitutional experts yeah. in order to to advise on that. But within each of the departments, they obviously all have legal advisors. Mm-hmm. There's the office of the attorney general. So we'll be looking for information through those yeah. channels as well mm-hmm. that will that will help us. But it, I suppose it's not it's not the, the role of a public representative to necessarily, you know, be the legal experts, yeah. but it is to ensure that you're thinking about all of the legal ramifications yeah. and asking the questions and making sure that things happen. Yeah. And that means, you know, sometimes we put in bills. Sometimes we do these committees where mm-hmm. we bring people before us, ask questions, and we'll have a set of recommendations at the end of this. Yeah. And um, so it won't be just the Citizens Assembly recommendations. So already we've made decisions around writing to every department and asking them what they've done. Now we're going to write another letter, follow-on letter from that, which will be what resources do you have that you're putting in place within your department. But other than that, staffing-wise, we have what's called a secretariat. Yeah. They come to every meeting, they take notes, they send on all of the documents, and they also do a bit of research. Yeah. And every committee in the office and would have a yeah. secretariat yeah. of different size and, and yeah. all the rest. Yeah. So the committee then is set up, obviously, is it by an order of the Oireachtas or the business committee meets and makes a decision on this, presumably mm. coming from government, is that right? So we... Ha- so the Dáil has a business committee and the Shannon has... CCP. Yes. Yeah. So the business committee just for people... But both of them decide yeah. it, yeah. Okay. And the business committee is made up of the whips and representatives of all the parties and they yes. meet once a week with the... I think the Ciancorla chair, is it? Am I yeah. right? And, yeah. Or the government chief whip. The, no, sure the, the Ciancorla. The Ciancorla. Yeah. So uh, they will make decisions about what's on the order for the Dáil for the week and yes. all the other yes. matters relating mm. to the operation of the Dáil. Mm. And they would have decided on, on to establish this committee. Yes. And like Likewise, because these are joint committees, you have to have the same conversation happening within the CPP, mm. which is the, the equivalent for the Shannon. Yeah. So I I would sit on that because I'm the leader of the Greens, but that's just kind of coincidental. Yeah. So we make a decision. 
Sometimes the decisions come through the CPP, sometimes the decisions come through the business, but we both are sharing that information. And sometimes they come from members um, and sometimes they come from government. Mm -hmm. So there are a number of them that are being established at the moment and it is done by order. Yeah. in both houses right. so there's one on autism and surrogacy another one on surrogacy for instance yeah and um, and then there's this one that was was set up previously mm -hmm. and yeah then we then what we do is we we decide the business and the cppo decide how many tds and senators we'll have on them yeah and what happens usually is that you have for the tds five government and four opposition mm -hmm. and likewise in the shannon it's usually um three and two yeah Okay, yeah. so that order was made. The committee will now sit. If people want to follow what the committee's doing, I presume they can do so through the Oroctus website, oroctus.ie. Yeah, so it, there's kind of three different tabs that you can go to, for want mm -hmm. of a better word. There's the Dáil, the Shannad, and then committees. And in committees, there is like four kind of committee rooms. And at any one time, there could be four committees happening, mm -hmm. even five if they want, if they use another chamber. And so, but you can see the schedule there. Yeah. But I mean, you can download it as an app as well. So yes, can, there is a very good great Oroctus app. Yeah. app and I'm sure listeners to this podcast will already mm -hmm. have downloaded and follow everything very closely. When the, when the, obviously there'll be an opportunity for people to tune in and to watch the meetings and to follow them. And of course, they'll also be on the transcript of the Oroctus as well, so they can be read. At the end of the day, when you finish all your hearings and, and you've done all the work, a report presumably will be, will be published. Is that right? Yeah. A report will be published and it will likely as not be done thematically. That's agreed by, by all of us. The mm -hmm. secretariat kind of write it up based on all of the witness testimonies, some of the questions that we've asked. And then we come up with a set of recommendations. Each of the members would be invited to send in recommendations. And then if there's disagreement, that can go to a vote then. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and we can have votes um and sometimes they're attached. The votes are attached to a, a report, and sometimes yeah. they're not. But you can also have interim reports. So mm -hmm. we say we decide exactly. that we've yeah. we've we've kind of organised it so that we we'll probably have the ones in relation to domestic and gender based violence happen around the time when the government are supposed to be uh, publishing a report yeah. on what they're going to do around gender based yeah. violence, so that we we can ask questions. Have you done it? Yeah. Here's our views on on your report. And it may be that at various times you might decide to do an interim report, but that's mm -hmm. there's quite a bit of work in doing these reports. So yeah. what you don't want to do is have it slow down your work Absolutely. on it. Absolutely. Just it's interesting, we might just look at that a little bit more closely. People might not understand exactly how committees because we're Various committees publish reports all the time mm. during the currency of, of a particular Doyle and Shannon session. You were saying that the Secretariat drafts that report um, and these reports usually carry recommendations. So there will be a body in the report that explores the, the part dealing with each recommendation and then a recommendation in a kind of an executive summary. How much input do members have into what's actually in that report? A huge amount of input, but it varies. From, I'm on I'm on several committees. I'm on the Climate Action Committee, the um, Education Committee, and as I say, I was previously on the on the uh, key issues affecting the traveller community one, and it, it varies from committee to committee, is my experience. But oh, it tends to have quite a bit of input from the members, yeah. for two in two kind of ways because you think about what questions am I going to ask in order to be able to get 
the statements that you think are important and therefore that that informs the kind of testimony mm. that gets into the report and in, in the second instance because a summary is is produced it's it's not political in the way that the secretary put it together mm. so they do it yeah, without they're trying to faithfully reflect what was discussed exactly, in the meetings exactly yeah. and um but there will be times when they maybe just focus on the wrong thing or yeah. misunderstand maybe something yeah, in memory. So if something comes back in that draft report mm. before it's published that let's say Pauline O'Reilly thinks that is not at all where we want to go, mm. how do you go about changing that? Well, a good example was on the, the pre-legislative scrutiny of the climate bill at the time. And that took weeks and weeks, actually, of the members' time. Every day we sat um, in private session and went through the report and we changed sentence after sentence after sentence throughout the entire report. And we did it on the basis of, of consensus. So every member had a different opinion on yeah. it. We went through a discussion and then we tried to ref, tried to reflect everybody's views in that. Mm-hmm. And every member signed off on that report. What happens when you have two members who have diametrically opposed or mutually exclusive mm-hmm. views on a particular sentence or a particular recommendation? You can go to you can go to votes about those things. So and then the committee actually decides which sentence ends up yeah, in, yeah, in the report. Yeah. And so at any time you're 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 going through the the report, either the body or the recommendation. I mean, you're given an opportunity to send in the changes that you want to make. Mm-hmm. So it's not done on the fly. Yeah. And people. So the clerk of the committee will circulate the draft report yeah. to everyone. There'll be a certain amount of time yeah. to go through it. And then, again, for people's information, the report comes back to the whole committee and the coloured changes all the way through mm-hmm. to highlight which member has recommended which mm-hmm. change and then it's all debated. It's all debated, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And try to try to come up with my experiences that the chairs of the committee try their best to accommodate everybody and, and, and see is the wording that's acceptable to everyone. Yeah. And for the most part, that there is because... As you rightly pointed out, the body of the report is there to accurately reflect what happened in the committee. Mm-hmm. So it's not opinion based. It's, um, well, I don't think that this person's views were represented or I'm not sure that's mm-hmm. what they meant by that. Yeah. Um, that's what the body is. The, body the, the, is the, real, yeah. the real place then where you have real differences of opinion is in the recommendations. Mm-hmm. So you might have a list of, I think it was 50 odd recommendations in that. In the climate bill, um, but there's usually a huge amount of recommendations, and um, every member will put in recommendations. You'll try to see is there some way of amalgamating them? Is there some wording that might be acceptable to you if you're not happy with this? But ultimately, some come down to a vote. Mm-hmm. And so then you would have a vote on whether a particular recommendation is included yeah. or amended or whatever it is. Mm. And that is straight up the way we vote on legislation or yeah. whatever it might yeah. be. They're, they're, they often don't go down government lines. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody has... Everybody, and it's a good thing. And it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's yeah. a really good thing. It mm-hmm. is a really good thing. So a lot of work gets done in a committee because of that. Yeah. So you have people from the same party voting different ways. Mm-hmm. And obviously politics comes into everything. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think the investment that people have made in the process of, you know, listening to witnesses and is really genuine. And mm-hmm. people want the best outcome from that. And they're signing their name to it. Yeah. Um, and when, when, when it's published, everyone's photo is at the front of it. Yeah. So it's, it's all in your name. And is there a record of those votes? Or is that done in well, private session? It's done in private session, usually. But I certainly know some reports where they 
they decide to include the a record of yeah. notes, but yeah. but it it, uh, it sometimes is, sometimes isn't. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so, the, as you say, the committee starting its work in public next week. Um, and you've indicated there. Do you know any of the members of the committee, or is it too much to ask you to list them out? Um, yes, I can name. Uh, so I can name from the Shannon. Firstly, I say um, the, the the three uh, leaders of the government parties are all on it. That's myself, Regina Doherty, and Lisa Chambers. Um, and then you also have Alice Mary Higgins and Fintan Warfield. Yeah, and they're um, respectively from the um, civil, civil engagement, engagement group, group and Sinn Féin. And Sinn Féin, yeah. And um, we, we all work very well together anyway mm-hmm. in the Shannons. So then in the... Senators always say things like that. <laughs> <laughs> but we d- genuinely Yeah, I think do. it's true. I think it's true too. But I think other people must be you know, yeah, sick no, of hearing us say no, that. There, there's, there's some uh, who I, I probably wouldn't work with as well mm-hmm. <laughs> if, well they had got, if they had yeah. got on. Yeah. Um, we would have diametrically mm-hmm. opposed views on social issues in yeah. particular. And then from the TDs, Ivana Batchik is the chair. Mm-hmm. She's the Labour Party. Uh, my own party colleague Nas Horgan is on it. We have three men. Uh, one is Fintan Warfield and one is Kieran Cannon from Fuenagail and uh, very near me. I'm in Galway West. He's in mm-hmm. Galway East. And Paul McAuliffe then is, is from Fianna Fáil TD. Yeah. Jennifer Carol McNeil is in Dunleary and Sorka Clark for Sinn Féin. They're the ones I can think of off the top of my head we we as i say we're in, in private session at the moment and yeah. it's hybrid so half some people, people some people go down to or, their yeah. to, down to the room some people are in their offices some people have their videos turned off yeah i'm sure it's not easy to get no, a very clear i'm sure picture. if i if i thought it through i'd know yeah. who was on it what we'll do is we'll put a, a list with the description mm. of the episode anyway so everybody can see mm. and presumably it's open to anyone to contact any of the members if they have absolutely views on things that are being discussed that or they happens, want that happens their, a lot yeah, yeah it yeah. does um, and and sometimes that's the way that some decisions are made around who mm-hmm. are who witnesses are. Yeah. For instance, if there's a particular group, mm-hmm. um, and and myself and the chair have met uh, privately then with some groups, so that we are kind of getting a, a general yeah. feeling. Um, yeah. And there's there's nine organisations in particular that are are really keen on the constitutional issues. Right. They have almost an alliance yeah and so that was really interesting to hear from them in advance great well it all sounds very positive and we look forward to the work that you're going to be doing over the next nine to ten months and i suppose another thing that we often forget is that even after the committee has finished all of its public sessions there will be a huge volume of work much like the climate bill i'm sure yes where there'll be discussion about what actually ends up in the final report but uh, hopefully it will bring about a change and a more equal uh, situation for everybody be they in politics or in the home or in work or wherever it might be but senator pauline o'reilly vice chair of the gender equality committee thanks so much for joining us thanks for your input and uh, thanks for your time thanks the td members of the committee are as chair of anabachic td finnegrails kieran cannon td finnegrails jennifer carol mcneil td Sinn Féin's Sirka Clark TD, the Green Party's Nasa Harrikan TD, Fianna Fáil's Paul McAuliffe TD, People Before Profit Solidarity's Reid Smith TD, and Fianna Fáil's Neve Smith TD. The Senators on the Gender Equality Committee are Lisa Chambers of Fianna Fáil, Regina Doherty of Fianna Gael, Alice Mary Higgins of the Civil Engagement Group and Independent Senator, Pauline O'Reilly of the Green Party, and Fintan Warfield of Sinn Féin.
Thanks for listening to this edition of the Irish Legislation Podcast with me, Barry Ward. You can get me on Twitter at Barry M. Ward. Don't forget to subscribe and you won't miss any of the episodes as they come up on a weekly basis while the Oireachtas is sitting.